Welcome to Breakspace. My name is Kieran, I'm your host, and in this series we're going to be taking you through some real talk about real hard-hitting topics, discussing everything mental health, focusing on stories of growth, healing, and the personal development we can gain from navigating the shitstorm of life. Every episode will intend to bring you a different topic, discussing different faces of our human condition. Hi guys, welcome to Breakspace. Today I'm going to be with Brody, a good mate of mine from The Wellness Guy, and we're going to be speaking about a really important topic, which is super important to both of us and it's going to be on reaching out so reaching out can entail what you're going to be doing when things are getting a little bit too um maybe hectic things are a bit full on and and things seem to be like going a bit too might be a bit bit hard for us especially during covid um now i just want to um say a quick disclaimer that neither brody or i are mental health professionals per se we're actually um people who have gone through lived experience challenges ourselves and basically what we're wanting to do is um, just offer some advice that we've been through on our journeys um, that we can that we can do to help offer offer other people some advice so um hey Brody how you going mate yeah really good really yeah, good. awesome Thanks, Karen how you doing good mate thanks for coming on the show now um you've had a lot of experience yourself with um with reaching out for mental health services when things have been a bit tough hey Mm, it's it's been my savior i've um i'm a massive advocate for um reaching out and um speaking when things are a little bit a little bit like i guess for me if i can't control my emotions per se that's when i go to the doctor and go i I need to see someone right okay so you the first step that you take to reaching out is first going to your doctor and mm-hmm. is it is it the doctor who gives you uh, in a, where, for, for our audience, we're basically Australian-based, so this is obviously Australian-based advice. So um, as far as I'm aware, last time I went to go see a GP to get a mental health care plan, that, that is, that's exactly it, isn't it? It's a mental health care plan. I think that they give you about 10 different sessions. Is that right? Yeah, exactly, 10 different sessions. Yeah, right. So, um, so basically, um, the whole journey just involves basically um, the first step is to find your local GP um just basically reach out and try and let them know what's going on um hopefully we should find someone who who has a bit of a context and tell them that um hopefully if we don't have our own gp which knows us really well we can find someone who um who who we can offer like lots of different advice to know them that, that this is out of the ordinary this is mm. not something which is constant this is something which is which needs attention um so can you tell me a little bit about your journey um just just through reaching out Brody? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kieran. Um, basically, mine started um, at about age eight years old. Um, I was diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD. Um, and for me, going to doctors, pediatricians, psychologists, psychiatrists, it was very overwhelming. And I went with my parents most of the time, six years old up to like 12 years old. and at the end of the end of the day, like some people um, have got different types of personalities, different types of how they communicate, and I know personally, reaching out has saved me from doing, um, for going down a path that is less travelled um, with the mental health journey that I've been currently um, on. So, I've had some good experiences reaching out to psychologists and psychiatrists mental health, social workers, there's so many different ones and we'll touch on them throughout 
um, this evening's call. But I, I find that I've always been a chatter, and I know we've mm. spoken a lot, mate. And it's we just love talking, and it's like, all right, stop now. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go now. No, no, we'll keep talking. <laughs> and it's like yeah. when you're passionate, you just you find a will, and there's always a way when you got to reach out. But the scariest thing as a male um, is seeing so many people that are on wit's end mm. and they don't seek help and sometimes it's too late. Um, so for me, probably, yeah, all my life, Karen, pretty much, I've, I'm seeking support and still I'm seeing one this afternoon at five o'clock. Right. Well, that's amazing. It's so good to know that you're somebody who you know yourself what's best for you and you know that there's something you can do to help um, alleviate the burden of, of what, what it is you're going through. Mm. And I really want to try and touch on that notion of um, especially men not reaching out and it can lead to adverse, um, you know, worse circumstances, especially because um, my best mate um, took his own life, right? And, and he was somebody who it was completely, it took us all completely, um, it, it just gobsmacked us because we, we did not, no one saw this coming. Um, he was like, you're, you're really, I'm not trying to pigeonhole someone who's suicidal here, but like he was, he was not your typical person who, who, who showed, um, the effects of, of mental health struggles. He was someone who was like, um, really down to earth, really like a, a surfy guy who was into like, you know, just surfing and beach and, and art and philosophy. And like, he was someone who immediately made you feel happy and he was very calm and kind. And the thing is, um, I just think that looking back, we we discovered there was a lot of deep things which were bubbling up underneath the surface, which he never really talked about. And apparently towards the end, he saw a psychologist right before he took his life um, or a doctor, I'm pretty sure it was. But the thing is, I think it was too little too late. Um, mm -hmm. Like he had already made up his mind and um, people who take their own lives are, are survivors. They're, you know, they're people who... Um, they're survivors in the sense that like they're, they're people who, who have survived up until the point of what happened to them. Um, they're strong and they're just trying to, they just don't want to be in pain anymore. And the thing is when you reach out to somebody that helps navigate a real fucking shitstorm of just mess that we go yeah. through in our minds. And I think especially being a man, being a, um, being a man with, there's so many societal expectations of, of what it means to be a male and a man and, and the thing is that that ties a lot in with like um, a lot of ancestral shit because back in the day, um, the man had to be strong. It was only like, what, 60 years ago when there was a one household income where the man would work and he had to be the kind of, um, you know, the breadwinner and, and had to be strong. And that, that still is a case today. Both men and women have to be strong because we live in a very um, rough world and rough society. But the thing is, whether you're a man or a female, it doesn't matter. We all have the same brains like we all have the same um lived experience of being a human and part of being a human is going through some pretty rough shit and it doesn't matter whether you're a man like who cares if you have to reach out like it's it doesn't really it doesn't make you any less of a man if in my eyes it makes you more of a um of a of a battler like a, a like yes. a soldier like you're you're strong like i take i take my hat off to people especially men who go out and reach out and on the other hand i think that there are a lot of men who I can see straight through them. A lot of them are, are just cocktails of anxieties and, and insecurities. And they, they masquerade themselves around like um, they masquerade with this fake mask on pretending that they're, they've got their shit together. 
which is which is where you see problems with the whole Kanye West thing. People are making memes out of the fact that the guy cried. Who gives a fuck if he cried? They're probably actually insecure with the fact that maybe they've cried sometimes. And God, yes. they're, they're just trying to find a way to, to, to make themselves look more normal by saying, oh, I don't cry. Who gives a shit? You know, I've fucking cried before. And when I cry, Same. it, make, it Same. Makes, makes me feel lighter. It makes me feel like I've actually like taking a load off my chest and off my, my heart and mind. And mm. yeah, crying can be hard when you go through it, but it makes me feel human. And that's, that's totally fucking fine. Cry as much as you want. You know what I mean? So it's amazing. Yeah. I, I, talk, I actually touched base on Kanye um, on the podcast, be kind to your mind. And actually I um, name dropped you on the, <laughs> the podcast. And cause, cause you know, you're one of my mates and even though I haven't met you but like face to face after this COVID, but like we were chatting about, Kanye and like Kim was literally crying out for people to stop being dicks. Like yeah. let's just call it like it is. Like he mm. was having an episode, and just because he's a celebrity, we should just go. You know, we he should have it mm. together. And I just find that really um, kind of scary that society is is going down that path. And and I think the people like I'm not sure if you know this, Kieran, or some other people that might listen to this and never heard of who I am. But I used to be on the phones on Lifeline, 13, 11, 14. I used to be a, a telephone crisis counsellor uh, as a volunteer for two years. And the people that call, um, that's when we, we have got a hand on their hand and knowing that it, 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 it might be okay. But, like, I really want to thank Kieran as well. Um, and we should give him a virtual applause because he shared something really deep and really meaningful that I haven't heard as well. And for people that do want to commit suicide, because it's like, sorry, not commit, because it's not a crime, complete. Yeah, that's you know, true. Yeah. Um, when they call, we've got that safety net saying, okay, they actually really want help. When they call, um, that, that they feel like, you know, there's that support. But then when there's people, there's quiet and they sell things and, you know, it's, it's very... You hit the nail on the head. I, I'm, I'm struggling to even put it into words because it's just a complete clusterfuck. I think that when people oh, yeah. think suicidal people are attention seeking, um, I've put videos about panic attacks and me shaking, convulsing, me crying um, about childhood abuse trauma that I went through. So mm. it's it's for both of us as males, like we do have a lot on our shoulders. Um, in today's society with the stigma yeah absolutely and you really have to pinpoint well where does that stigma come from like is this stigma there because of the whole you know um the the, gen the generational sort of trauma and the the society <clears throat> or is it there because basically people are too uh, are all like a lot of men are wearing masks the fact that then they're not able to actually front themselves up and sit with their emotions and sit with what's going on like it, it just gets to the point where people need to project their feelings of angst and anger and hatred onto other people because what they're doing is if you, if you look at like Jungian, Jungian psychology, basically what they're doing is they're projecting their shadow, um, like their unconscious darkness onto other someone else. Like, oh, I could never go through that. I'm so self-righteous. I could never experience that depression and being mentally ill or whatever. So therefore, I'm going to project all of the shit that I could go through possibly onto them. And mm. it's just, it's fucking bullshit because it's literally just an indication of their own insecurities and their own lack of self-worth. And you know what? I love, I fucking love someone who's been through some shit 
because mm. to me it shows that they've got depth they've got character they've got like a soul you know i'm not trying to say people who haven't been through shit don't have souls i'm trying to say that they're not embracing they're not aspect. ready yet they're not yeah. on that journey yeah definitely yeah and and the thing is it's just like it's almost like you know everyone's you know that that whole the, the bloody um cocoon um you know the the caterpillar goes through mm. like a metamorphosis and it has to die before it's reborn into being a, being a butterfly. Yes. And I wouldn't be half the person I would if it, if it wasn't for the shit that I've been through. Um, I think it's, it's shaped me and molded me into, into who I am today. Um, and, and it's just created me, it's turned me into a much better person. So it actually makes me feel really sad to, to see people like this who are, who are going around um, pointing the finger and creating this societal stigma over what it's like to go through um, mental, mental health struggles. Because you know what, like, one thing COVID's taught us is that it doesn't matter who you are. Anyone can go through this shit. Anyone can lose their job. Anyone can enter into an anxiety. Anyone can, you know, experience some sort of mental illness. And, and the stats in Australia at the moment, I'm pretty sure are one in four people. Um, one in four people will experience a mental illness in their lifetime or even more than that. I think it's, it's quite high. Yes. Um, so the more we make a, a conversation of this and the more we talk about it, um, the more I think it will help alleviate stigma um, because stigma is certainly this perpetual black cloud which is lingering over so many people's um, heads and minds. And maybe if there wasn't a stigma, maybe people would feel more comfortable in reaching out. Mm. Yes. And I went to an all-boys school and, um, you know, dare to say, oh, I'm going to go see a psychologist at lunchtime. I'll be back at two. People going, what's wrong with him? Like, mm. oh, should we be worried? And when I was talking to Rachel from the Be Kind to Your Mind podcast last night, it was really interesting about um, labeling and like being in your past. And I'm like, I'm exactly, I literally two hours ago, Kieran, I said to my dad, I said, I'm so grateful that everything I went through is because I wouldn't be the man I am today. I wouldn't mm. have reached out from Breaking Barriers Australia to have a connection to start the wellness guy. If mm. I didn't get fired, if I didn't self-harm, if I didn't see... Um, many of my friends jump from balconies and being front responder to land search to child abuse to love bites, respectful relationship. It, the list goes on. Like my passion does not just stop from positivity. And, you know, it's not like, look at me, look at me. It's like I literally, it's either sink or swim for me. Like, mm. um, like I haven't really told much of my story um, in my platform because I want to treasure that and I want to save that when I do start retreats and talk about Great. my life um, because I think people would find that more authentic than just having it all on Instagram. and Definitely. It's a human-based thing. It's a, it's human. Yeah. It's people will feel the energy. People will respond to you well. And, mm. you know, I've been, I've been, there have been times where I've seen some people during real life retreats and workshops where they do share their story and it hits you in the chest. People have this like un unanimous collective consciousness and feel so um, feel so strongly for one person who reaches out and shares their story. And there's something very raw about that, which you can't quite replicate over Instagram. Yes, no, that's well said. And I think for me, um, like glorifying mental health, like a lot of accounts now. I'm sure you've seen it since COVID. Like, because I start my Instagram on March, and mm -hmm. I chatted to you just early when I started that. Um, there's so many mental health accounts. It's fantastic. But if you're being racist or if you're discriminating or you're bullying outside your Instagram account, then what are you telling me on Instagram about 
I'm a good person, if that makes sense. Like I've, I've seen so many accounts give so much positivity and in real life, but then there's some people saying to me, this person's bullying me, this person's doing this and this. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like you've got to be pure. Like leopards never change its spots. Yeah, um, of course. So what you see me like right now to what you see me on Instagram live videos, IGTV, mm. like I've literally just gone from strength to strength and talking about um, my struggles with opening up. Yeah, definitely. That's great. And and that's the thing. I think that we need to have authenticity and we need to be consistent and incongru- we need to be consistent and incongruence with our actions and always, you know, um, not have one face when we're doing one thing and, and not have another face when you're doing something else. Yeah. Um, which is which is why I think if we yeah if we tie it back into um in into reaching out um that's mm. the thing I think that we're we're a real good um middle kind of middle way between people finding these services but at the same time we we can um redirect people to services and we can help people find all the all the amazing services that are going on in Australia and we do we do have we do definitely have lots of different um organisations that are out there to help people and. Um, as we know, the the most important one is Lifeline and the Lifeline Crisis Line. They're doing such amazing work, and they have to do so many um, fundraisers to to help them stay afloat. And mm. um, they're definitely on the on the front lines. But for people, anyone who's listening, um, it's just basically, I think it's all about just finding a psychologist that you feel comfortable with. And I tell you what, I have seen some really shitty psychologists and I think this is really important to touch on right because yes. I'm someone who I pick up on people's vibes so uh so strongly and if I find that someone just is a bit judgmental or a bit like unempathetic or you know is putting their ego into things then I, I feel like I'm gonna really step back from that um and you know I think that look I I've seen I've seen this one man one time when I was um, right after I'd come out of like a really big surgery and my life had been flipped upside down and I'd been through a lot of shit. I saw this one man. He was like a British, uh, older British man, and he was uh, basically someone who was very strong on research. So he loved his research. Um, he was really big on um, on reading, researching the new evidence. And, and that's great because it's an evidence-based practice field. I'm studying evidence-based practice right now because I'm studying occupational therapy, which is quite similar to studies and interventions of psychology. However, this guy was like a textbook. This guy looked at me and just told me, I would tell him some shit I'm going through. And he told me about the neurological structures of the brain and how trauma affects it and and talks talking to me about like the reptilian lizard, lizard brain and the mammalian brain on top of that and the neocortex. And you know what? I love that stuff because I study it. I, I love neurology. That's great. But mm. it didn't help me because he lacked, he lacked the human heart that goes into it. And I studied clinical counseling last semester and they say that 70% of what makes you an effective counsellor is basically non um is basically not the interventions and and theory you study it's it's your empathy skills it's your human skills the the way you interact with people and help people and and Mm. and your personality and they call it therapeutic use of self because that is your 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 therapeutic use of self you're using your humanity your personality to help other people and i tell you what i've been through some shit psychologists um that one man who who just saw me as a textbook example who saw me as a study um and told me just neurological facts wasn't really helping me and then I saw quite a few like I didn't see a new psychologist every week 
so mm. to speak. But I saw, you know, maybe one, two, three different ones and, and it just didn't, the, the vibes weren't there, right? And if you want to look at finding a good psychologist in the same way as finding a good partner, that's how you have to look at it. Um, yes. Like, you know, um, let's just say a partner in the sense of a romantic relationship, a partner, a wife, your girlfriend, um, you know, not just that, but say if you're looking for um, a psychologist who might be a male um, and like try and look at him, like would, would, would he replicate what, what would be a mate to you, like a good friend? And I finally found a psychologist who was um, like a, a good friend to me, like a mate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like there's there's just certain qualities about him which just seem to um, we really mesh with each other. We really get along. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's I think he's from an Irish background as well. And every time I see him, he makes a joke about oh, my Irish last name and you know, the <laughs> fact I like look like your typical Irishman. And and it, it's funny because we we have that connection and we both see things the same way. And I know my partner's had the same thing. She's recently found a good psychologist who's, you know, who who kind of understands things, the little cultural nuances that, that she can kind of work through. And I think that it's just, um, it's just, it's great that we can, you can find someone that works for you. But I remember one time I was speaking to my dad about this and I said to him, like, man, I can't fucking find anyone who seems to be good for me. Like, you know, like it just doesn't, that person shit, that person judges me, like, um, I don't want to reach out to this person, and and you know you're being you're at your utmost vulnerable with these people as well. You're you're telling them some deep shit. This is more than their professionalism. This is more than their intellect. Put mm. all that stuff aside because look at the human. Look at the soul. You know what I mean. Look at the the depth of who they are as a human being. And my dad said to me, it's like, oh well, you know what, mate. He goes, if you if you're going to go see, if you're going to go to the butcher, and the butcher gives you shit meat. And, you, and it's crap meat. Are you going to go back to that butcher again? Like, yes mm. or no? And it's like, no, of course not. Well, it's the exact same for your psychologist. If, you, yeah, if your psychologist dishes you out shit psychology, are you going to go back to them? There's no way. No way. And I think that's so important that we know that. And have, have you had any experience yourself with that? Yeah, 100%. It's literally, you summed it up so well um, in that space of psychology that you've. it takes, like medication, it takes a, a few um times until you find that right one you've got to find that um person or he or she um that will resonate with you so i've seen probably 10 psychologists five psychiatrists and i've finally found a good one and then obviously i hear people and these are valid mate these are valid um things that people are saying they're saying like oh he doesn't get me or he's, I'm not getting the support I need or they're not listening. And, and you've got to put in the work guys. Like I've got a psychologist today after five today, I've got my psychiatrist tomorrow. Um, and I'm like, I'm really, I know my body that it's a lot of money and I know money can be a big thing for people. Um, I've seen so many different types of psychologists and you've got to put in the work. So if he gives you mm. homework, you follow it up next um, next appointment. Don't think that they're going to save you because um, they're, they're people at the end of the day. And as you said, it's mostly empathy and effective active listening skills. Um, you've got to have that research and evidence base, as you said, but you've also got to have some humour. You've also got to have some realist. You've got to have different parts of the pie. And I think... That's a big part of um, 
males when they do speak to someone mm-hmm. and they they say, "Oh, yep, no, it's all good. We'll figure it out." Um, and and then I've seen so many people that like psychologists they move away or they finish their ten sessions, as we were saying. So, like for an example, I could have five psychologist appointments and then five psychiatrists, then I'm done. And then that lasts a year. And then you can maybe get some more after Medicare rebates. So um, for me personally, I've had psychiatrists put me on different medication that's caused me to have manic episodes. Wow. Um, And I'm sharing this with you guys because it's not all, I'm going to be get to see a psychologist, it will be good. Um, It can take a long time. It's like a partner. You might never find your dream girl, your dream job. Um, it's and that's okay. I think we really need to sit in that um, acknowledgement of knowing that, um, like mental health, we all have parts of mental health. It's when mental health takes over your life that's when maybe medication, maybe DBT or um, acceptance commitment th- therapy. You know, so. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely, Kieran. I've had some shonky ones, but I've also had some really good ones as well. Yeah, that's that's really good. Thanks so much for um, for sharing your experiences with me, Brody. Because I can completely relate to that as well. I've had some some really questionable psychiatrists as well, um, mm. and because I've been through the public system, I haven't had a chance to to pick my psychiatrist. They they're the mm. ones that you that look after you, and um, unfortunately, I. Um, I've seen some which are very power power hungry um, that are very um, you know they they they're like a prison guard or a police officer they know they have power over you and they like to play games and um, just thought I would share a story about one time I came out of a psych ward after I was you know scheduled and I was there for about a like well, a very long time and I'd came out and this is after I had experienced um, mania and like proper legitimate psychosis and you know, during this time I was experiencing lots of different altered states. I was feeling, um, I had some mind bending experiences, which are very, essentially no different from taking psychedelics. I, I didn't take them, but it was very similar to the psychedelic experience where you, you see some things which are very, um, peculiar and very, um, you know, reality shifting sort of stuff. Right. Um, and basically, uh, one time I'd came out to see, once I was out, I came to see the psychiatrist um and he uh he said oh you know how are you going Kieran's this old British man again he's like how, how how's everything been Kieran since you know you come out and I said well I'm doing pretty well at the moment you know I'm not like I'm not entering into different parallel universes anymore and I'm not seeing alternate timelines and all that sort of stuff and and he goes and then basically rather than just kind of um giving me consolation and reassurance you know that things are back to normal he basically said how do you know they don't exist how, how do you know like, you know, apparently science can prove that parallel dimensions exist now. And and he was trying to poke me and prod me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the thing is, unfortunately, once you've been through the system, they mm-hmm. can stereotype you and they can pigeonhole you. Um, and I've actually been through a time when, once when um, I'd had a major surgery and, um, and uh, I had like a, a really major surgery. And um, after I'd had the surgery, a psychiatrist came to go see me to give me an evaluation because they knew that I'd had some experience with all this sort of stuff. And, um, and basically what happened was I, um, I was evaluated by the psychiatrist who 
who said to me, um, oh, you know, hey, Kieran, um, you know, he said, um, you know, I can, um, I can lock you up in a psych ward and throw away the keys. That's what he said. I can, you know, I can, I can lock you up. I have the ability to do that. I'll lock you up. Like, I'll, I'll throw away the keys, but you'll, you'll never see anyone again. And oh, well. he was saying that to me. Yeah. And, and this, this happened in the public system, in a public hospital. And he was trying to make me flip out because they, the thing is, in my opinion, a lot of them want numbers and they want, um, they want people to be in, 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 in these situations. This is just my opinion, though. Don't take what I say as gospel. I've had some very bad experiences with, um, mm. with, with medication. I've had medication which has made me um, have fits and like epileptic seizures and stuff like that. Like, wow. Um, I've, I've had medication which has made me black out. Um, I've just I've been through the rounds, man. Like I've I've had some pretty messed up experiences. Um, so basically. Um, yeah this this is just something which is which is very like triggering for me and it's um everyone has a different experience but basically for me i've just stepped back from the public system i'm not a community mental health patient anymore i manage my my mental health through positive self-care and self-love and um yoga and meditation and bushwalking and surrounding myself with like-minded people and and a lot of my my mental illness was kind of um set upon from lack of sleep and sleep deprivation. So I make sure I get enough sleep and sleep's really important to me. But um, yeah, just, just to, just so you should know guys is just to discern the big difference between uh, a psychiatrist and a psychologist. So a psychiatrist is a medical doctor um, mm. who specializes in the realm of psychiatric mental health care. So they're the ones who prescribe you medications um, they're the ones who can schedule you or they're the ones that, you know, um, basically have the the really, really big experience, uh, medical-based experience, whereas psychologists are the ones who do the CBD, cognitive behavioral therapy, DBT, dialectal mm. behavioral therapy, and they're the ones that go through and, and prod and poke and, and just basically challenge you and help you and walk you through things that you're going through. So psychologists are very different. Um, you can certainly feel comfortable to reach out to many different psych- psychologists. Um, psychiatrists are probably the ones where things are getting a bit rough, like a, a bit hazy, like where you might need to consider going into to hospital settings or you might, like the psychiatrists, psychiatrists are the ones who are diagnosticians. They're the ones who offer diagnoses. Um, psychologists, I'm quite aware, don't really uh, diagnose. They, they help sometimes, mm. but, they, but they don't um, have the final say. Um, so basically it's just important to discern these two, um, and know Definitely. which one does what, um, and, and, you know, like that means that if you're trying to reach out, something's happening, you've had an experience, just know which one you're going to reach out to. Obviously it's a psychologist mm-hmm. through the mental health care plan and finding a good one is so important, isn't it? Yes. Vital. Absolutely vital. And you touched on something that, um, people might not be aware of when, you do if you do get admitted. So um, personally, I've been admitted into a psychiatric unit, um, and I've actually worked as a mental health recovery practitioner. So I've got both sides of the story, and I can understand um, a little bit as well. So for me, when you do go to a public setting, as Kieran said, it can be very like that. Obviously, Kieran said very well, and he said, "Look, it's 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 his story, and some people have different um, stories, but." Public is you don't get a choice, unfortunately. Mm. It's like when you go to hospital, if you have an emergency, you go see what doctor's available. And if you guys are not happy with your psychologist, psychiatrist, 
you can move around in that space. So like you can go out of the public health system and, and search elsewhere. Um, and that's when you've got to have a really good doctor. And when people say, oh, I don't like my doctor or I don't trust him, then find another one. There's so many different avenues um, you can do. And if you don't feel comfortable at the moment seeing a psychologist or psychiatrist, Kids Helpline up to 25 years old, Lifeline, um, there's no age. Um, and what I want to tell you as well, I've reached out to Kids Helpline, Lifeline, um, and they're fantastic because sometimes I just need to get stuff off my chest. I don't want to burden my wife, don't want to burden my friends. I just want to um, say what's going on. They might give me some things and then the case is closed. They take notes, but they don't. You can't call them back and go, I spoke to Kieran. They don't say their name. Um, so that's, I wanted to share that with you as well. So if you're wanting to get some longer support, I highly recommend seeing a psychologist. Um, and then the psychologist can go, okay, I think you're struggling a little bit here. Um, I'm going to refer you to a good psychiatrist I know, and that's when they do medication, etc. cetera. So um, yeah, there's counsellors too. There's different between a counsellor and, and a social worker and it's it's crazy man like for me I had a panic attack for about three minutes this morning because I've started this new company and I'm applying for jobs and I'm just I'm really struggling behind closed doors and I'm mm. trying to be there for everybody and um, I'm really excited like I get really excited to talk to you I get really excited to talk to people that motivate me so I'm excited to speak to my psychologist today and my psychiatrist. I'm a bit nervous because it's my first time tomorrow. Wow, okay. Um, but, yeah, I just it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I want to continue my story. Mm. Um, mm. So I just – I know it might not be for everyone reaching out, but as a male, I just – I used to go to psychologist, psychiatrist when I was working in mental health. And I was very open to my boss. I said, look, um, what's your employment assistance program? Those ones are really important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really important. That's how I found my psychologist. Um, awesome. For anyone, for anyone listening, um, always check with your employer. Um, they have free access to counsellors and psychologists, um, usually about 10 sessions. Mm -hmm. EAP means employee assistance program. So just thought I'd bounce in and quickly chuck that one in there. Yep. So you, you said you were speaking to your boss? Yeah, I was speaking to my boss. And I was having panic attacks at work and and she was saying, like, what's going on? And I said, I don't know. And I found out there's a lot of trauma um, I was taking on. It's called vigorous trauma mm -hmm. where you're taking on um, your client's issues and you're taking on their trauma, vigorous trauma. Definitely Google it and research it. I always heard of that as um, counter-transference. Have you heard of that one? Mm. So, so when, when someone says something or, or speaks a certain thing, which triggers you, triggers an event that you've been through yourself. Yes. Right. So it's similar to counter. Very similar. Okay. Very similar. Okay. Yep. Um, it might've been called that. My mental health social worker said vigorous trauma okay. um, to me. And like, I'm not a big fan of diagnosis. Yeah. Um, we all have got a, a part to play in, in life, but I think we need to normalize going to a psychologist, psychiatrist, or, or any allied health specialist appointment, just mm. like going to the physio when you've hurt your back or dentist when you've got sore teeth. That's what I think what you stand for 
and what I stand for as um, I guess I think Owen said it really well and I think you said it like Owen did. It's like um, we're the halfway um, platform for people mm. to reach out for help. We're Absolutely. just holding their hand and then once they want to let go, we'll let them go. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so important, mate. Um, so, so Brody, I'm just wondering. So, say for instance, if we have any listeners on at the moment who, mm. um, who themselves might be, um, let's just say, like a younger male, um, who hasn't had much experience, whether it's male or female. I'm talking about male because I'm trying to alleviate stigma around of mental course. health for males in particular. Um, so I thought I'd chuck that one in there. But say um, we've got a listener who um, has never had to reach out to a psychologist before. Um, is there any sort of, is there any tips you can offer to them if, if they've been going through some, some tough times at the moment and thinking they can reach out? Is there anything you would have to offer for them? Oh, amazing question. I, I highly recommend, like, f- for example, if you are introvert, if you've got social anxiety um, and you say, no, nah, I'm not going to see a face-to-face counsellor, that's okay. Don't think that your, your journey um, is stopping there for recovery. So, for an example... Um, a device for someone with social anxiety um, is that you can actually text psychologist and tell what's going on and like a, a text service um, or like a phone calls. A lot of with COVID and psychologists, psychiatrists, it's, it's mostly Zoom calls and video calls. But I think it's just talking to it. Like first step, I'm going to bring it really simple because I'm getting anxious thinking about it. And I'm, and I'm like an honest as book, guys. Um, but the first step, if you are wanting to see a psychologist but you don't know where to go and you don't like your doctor, because I hear that a lot so many times, um, talk to a friend that you trust. Mm. Talk to someone that's been through it. So the best person to talk to is someone that's been through it. And that's why I'm on the podcast with Breakspace with Kieran is because I reached out to him and we literally had an hour and a half conversation. I literally told him, most of my life and he told me his life and I was like, this guy's a fucking legend. I'm yeah. going to do what he does. And I looked up to him and like, and this is how it is guys. Like I looked at someone that started a page and give real content and real life experience and so articulate. And I wanted to be like that, not be him. I wanted to be another version of that. So mm. for people that says, Oh Brody, you know, you inspire me, you motivate me, Kieran, you know, what you do is amazing. How do you do it? We ba- we use our trauma. We rewrite our story to a positive one. And they go, okay, fuck, how do you do that? Okay. So the best thing is at the moment, because misery creates company. So when you're misery, when you're, you're, you're drinking lots, you're smoking, you're hanging with the wrong crowd, of course, mm. you're not giving your depression, your anxiety, mental health a good um, step up. You need to obviously mm. eat well, sleep well meditate, hang out with really like-minded people. So the first step is acknowledging that you're not okay. If you're struggling to get out of bed, if you're struggling to have a shower, if you're self-sabotaging, like overeating, over-drinking, your friends are worried about you, you're not engaging with activities, then if that's happening for about two, three weeks, I would highly recommend reaching out to a friend like a like a really good friend or a family member. Um, there's so many different um, links and I'm sure Kieran and I will, will put it on after the podcast. Like you've got um, Beyond Blue, um, Lifeline, Kids Helpline, Sane. Yep. Um, 
live in. There's just there's so many mental health um, advocates out there, um, especially with COVID. So mental health does not discriminate. And I definitely just make the first step of acknowledging that you're not okay, but you're going to be okay. It's okay to not be okay. I love it. I love it. Just want to chuck a quick one in there as well, especially for um for men, just not giving a fuck. Yes. Yeah, who, who gives a fuck what people think? Just do what works for you. This this is you. This is your life. This is your story. Who gives a fuck about your mate who might think about it? Don't even tell your mate. They don't need to know. Exactly. A lot of people feel like, oh, I need to share this to the world. I need to tell everyone. This is like my little secret and I'm finally revealing it to the world. You know, no, just mm. just do it. Who cares? You don't have to mention it to them. If you want to mention it to them, that's fine. Of course. But otherwise, it's it's totally fine just to go ahead and do it and speak to a psychologist, reach out to somebody um, and, and know that it's okay to do that. And, you know, stop giving a fuck over things which don't matter mm-hmm. and start giving a fuck over things which do matter. And what mm-hmm. does matter? Your mental health your you know your your livelihood your well-being your sleep your diet all the things you said you hit the nail on the head bro it's amazing mm. um but uh stop giving a fuck over over things which which are not serving you you know what i mean yes. and i'm no i'm no king of this i still will give a fuck many times over what people think and i you know Fine. i think it's it's mm. it's a major journey of peeling away the layers peeling away these bullshit toxic layers which don't serve me it could be my societal conditioning it could be my cultural conditioning it could be my upbringing could be my childhood but you Mm. peel away these layers which just get in the way and behind the layers um take off the mask and know that you are a complex human being who's experiencing some pretty crazy shit um and it's you're more than well willing welcome to to come out and um help to have somebody uh alleviate you from from those struggles um, I saw a really good infographic on uh, Instagram. How it, so it shows somebody sitting next to a psychologist and there's like a thread, like, you know, the needle and thread, like the cotton people who, who sew. It shows like the, the, uh, the cotton string above their head is all knotted up and it's all like tangled and all muddled up. And then it shows a psychologist who grabs the string and just makes it clear and unravels the string. And, that's amazing. Know, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. because and That's what happens when you go see them, for sure. Yeah. The last yeah. 13 years, I can vouch for that. That's yeah, absolutely. exactly what they try to do. And and the thing is, it might be hard knowing that, oh, you know, I'm not seeing the world um, the way I should be. Um, you know, I'm not being, or probably a better way to put it is that I'm not being reasonable. Like, you mm. know, would most reasonable people have these anxieties? Would most reasonable people um, see things this way? And a psychologist kind of gives you a mirror to, to, to show yourself that, hey, perhaps these behaviors aren't quite, um, you know, in alignment with what other people would think, or, you know, well, I can tell you this, that, that, or the other. And, and they offer you just such a good advice in the same way that, you know, when, um, when like, say, uh, when you're angry, you're red, you're seeing red, you're, you're, you're really up, up to a 10. Um, you might be saying things uh, during that time, or you, you might be saying things and thinking things a certain way like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. That's why they say never make heated uh, big decisions when you're in a state of anger. It's very mm. similar to um, to being in a state of, of perpetual um, mental, um, going through perpetual mental struggles because um, you might be thinking things which are not quite right. You might be saying things and doing things and you might not be aware of it. When I'm angry, when someone's really angry, they're not really aware, they're not really in control. So... I did a post on Breaking Barriers the other day where I was talking about how people 
um, really need control. People need certainty. And when, when mental illness ensues, people lose certainty, people lose control. Um, so a psychologist helps you, uh, picks you up out of the ditch and helps walk you out of it towards the light. And like we said, it's, it's just basically somebody who ideally has the humanity, who has a good personality, who you mesh with. Mm. Um, and like I said, if anyone here is listening and has seen a psychologist who's had a shit run, I've had a shit run, Brody's had up. a shit run. Yeah, just keep going. Doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you had a shit meal from a, a Thai restaurant, doesn't yeah. mean that Thai, thai food shitty. I love Thai food. You go to a good Thai restaurant, you know, exactly. you, you get a good Thai meal. You're like, oh, that was just a crap restaurant. Who cares? But I know I've got a, there's a really good chicken pad Thai down the road. I can get, you know, try a different restaurant. Same Definitely. with psychologist. Yeah. It's amazing. And I love how you did that with food because um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because like I want to share this as well. Um, so I, I love coffee and I'm having a Serafas. <laughs> I know you guys can't see this, but I'm having a caramelized iced latte. Um, and I saw it to Kieran and I was like, God, oh, my anxiety, you talk, you did this post and it just spoke to my soul. And we, we talked about, you know, the difference between, um, you know, what coffee does and what medication does, and what alcohol does. And it's like, if you're medicating with alcohol and coffee and you're not being aware of what it does to your body and you just think that's normal, that's mm. when you've got an issue. And I think me, like there's only one Kieran in this world. And there's only one Brody in this world um, that we are, we are who we are. And when I think um, what I'm trying to say is that with happiness, um, it's a, it's a big trap because happiness is just moments. And mm. I think when I'm speaking to Kieran, like this morning, guys, I was so overwhelmed. I was so anxious. I was rushing to get back home and I was like, oh, I'm here. Hello, Kieran. Ah, and I'm a different person because, like, I'm passionate to talk to you and, I, and I, I like you as a friend. And then I go see a psychologist and I know after psychologist, because I talk about so many issues happening, I'm going to be drained. So I know that I shouldn't go on Instagram and do a video about it. I just know I need to speak to my wife. So, like, knowing like this is 12 years of experience guys of what I know from people that's gone to uni and interviewed people. Like I listen to Tony Robbins. I listen to Gary V, Kerwin Ray. Um, you know, my brother interviews people in America, like Simon Sinek, like all these people that are just people that want to aspire and your why guys, your W H Y has got to be bigger than anything to succeed and I think for me um I got bullied a lot in school I was short I was in a learn enrichment center so um with my learning disability um I struggled with maths and English and teachers just said go to the back of the room this is a private school mind you um they said no you know go touch typing for four hours so I'm a really good touch typer but for English structure I struggled with maths, I struggled. Um, I failed everything besides tennis. I was ranked in Queensland, national and state. Um, wow. So I was a good tennis player. And you know what I did? You know what saved me, Kieran? Mm. Is helping people. Wow. I um, spent 250 hours of my time doing rosies, like homeless barbecues, um, aged care, um, like internships, like helping them and um, giving back. and all my life so 
basically, guys, if you go through like something and you want to help people, just do it. It's the best thing because, yes, I'm ADHD and I've got a learning disability, but I don't go, hi, Kieran, I'm Brody, I've got ADHD. I'm like, hi, Kieran, this is what I've got, but this is how I've transformed my life. So being bullied and harassed by teachers for 12 years saying you're a fuckhead, I've been I picked up by my neck saying shook me saying you'll be a tradie get out of my class yeah man heaps of stuff like that um and I I try prove people wrong every day so like um I worked with people disabilities for five years I mean four years when I lost many friends to suicide um I I joined Lifeline um when I lost my job and I self harmed. And I didn't want to be here this year. I said, there's got to be another way. So I got out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm anxious already today. I know Kieran. I've spoken to Kieran many times. But it's you put on a face that people want to see. And I, I always say to myself, like, you've just got to be real. And if people see the realness, then they'll see the real you. So um, I'm very wary of, um, uh, I guess, people – we're so creatures of habit, aren't we? So yeah. if you see a celebrity um, wearing a brand, you wear that brand. Um, you know, if you see celebrities doing this, we follow it. We follow trends mm. and TikTok videos. And why can't we follow people like Kieran from Breaking Barriers, Brody the Wellness Guy, Owen from Manco Wellbeing, Brett from Yoga? Like, why aren't we supporting those people and motivating them to do better and that we're following stupid tiktok videos 15 seconds and i don't know for me guys i just think we really need to be real um and honestly guys i have been that suicidal and i spoke to a psychologist and it was so nice so refreshing to know that you're not alone and that's what i want to get out of it i I really apologize guys if you feel like you've just got a massive migraine from where i just went i do apologize i'm learning (laughs) But, um, yeah, I just want to let you know that it's okay. And I know people might shame you. Your friends might think you're soft. But Kieran and I will back you and say you're a motherfucking warrior to actually want to speak about issues and want to be better and be a better version of yourself. Makes you you pretty pretty badass. Yeah, I just got to another level. I just hurt myself. <laughs> oh man! Well, thank you so much, Brody, for um for coming on and, and sharing your experiences with us, mate. I just think that you're um you're so inspirational, and from the from the moment I met you, doesn't matter whether it's virtually or not, you just yeah. have such a drive. You've got such a passion for people and for and for for life, and and you're just a testament to your to your survival and and your your struggle and overcoming your struggle. And I just can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing this with other, with everyone. So um, can you just give us a quick um, shout out to where we can, um, where we can find you, anyone who's trying to listen in at the moment, where we can find the wellness guy. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kieran. Um, yeah. So I'm at Instagram, the wellness um, dot guy, um, or wellness dot guy. I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the link will be up there. Um, yeah. I'm currently trying to get a website, but if you guys want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to get to know you. Um, but, yeah, I just want to thank Kieran for creating a platform and continue being um, so raw and honest. So I appreciate our friendship and I appreciate this conversation. It means a lot. Thanks, Brody. <laughs> Thanks, mate.